0: Hello, and welcome to Clever Conversations. I'm your host, the clever bitch, but you can call me B. If your day has got you down and you have zero fucks left to give, well, then you are in the right place. So sit back, unless, of course, you're driving, then pay the fuck attention, or listen while you're getting the dishes done, whatever floats your boat, and let's get this party started. Hi everyone. Welcome to Clever Conversations. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Oh boy, I'm telling you, I've got a great show today. I I met this woman and I was so inspired by what she is doing, what she has accomplished and the goals that she's set for herself in the future. Absolutely incredible, wonderful. Let me introduce you to her. Her name is LV. Uh, she made a bold decision to leave her practice and her identity and years of past baggage, and Lord knows we all have past baggage, so she could rediscover herself and build a life on her own terms. Mountain athlete, transformation coach, and author of The 90 Day Life, How to Live More in Three Months Than You Have in the Last Three Years. Oh my goodness. Elle's passion is to help people wake up to the epic version of themselves that's waiting to break free when not guiding clients to her own their own personal summits. She loves pursuing literal summits of her own. And I want to talk to her about this a little bit before we get dive too, too deep into this, because knowing some, I mean, I was, I climbed, okay. I know what climbing is about. I have a harness. I've climbed upside of mountains. Um, I've done a lot of stuff in the gym and I know the difficulty of doing this. So I am floored by the fact that she's going to attempt all seven, all seven summits. The highest peaks in the world by the, by 2030, and I know she's already getting started. She told me she's got plans already. Elle, welcome to the show this morning. I'm so glad you're Aubrey, here. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I am so honored, and I've got to say it's it's energetic. Like I actually feel tingly when you were saying that. Go back to me, like it hit me up again that this is what I'm planning to do. It's great. <laughs>
0: I know, right? That's a big, like, that's huge. And and, and I know a lot of people have seen them. We've seen movies about people summiting and going up to, like, Everest because that's, like, the big, that's one of the biggies, right? So people pretty much know about that. But there is so much to it. And I believe that all the things that you're doing when it comes to the 90-day life as well as summiting and going climbing these peaks, there's such a similarity to it. I, I've seen it in my own life. Um, but it's just it's such a it's such an adventure that you really have to pre- be prepared for. What are you doing to prepare for this?
1: I mean there's so many different layers to it and ironically everything about the mountains falls completely in parallel with what's happening in life whether that's relationships or work or just living day to day so there's really a couple of core levels to it honestly the foundation was first building figuring out who I was, right? I mean, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago what my goals and ambitions were, I was this chick with an alternative medicine practice, and I was donning the white coat and all dressed to the nines living in a city. I I could not have been further from even dreaming about going up on summits. So the preparation really started first by figuring out who I was, and really listening to something much deeper that was screaming to break free, because there were so many layers of professionalism and career and past choices that I was hiding in. Once I figured that out, and we can go deeper into all of that journey, because it's a lot of what the 90 day life talks about. For right now, it's really focusing on a couple of core things. One, why do I want to pursue something like this? There's a lot of people out there that are pursuing things like this, if not bigger. Everyone has their own reasons. There can feel like there's a lot of pressure to have that level of ambition. Some people feel like they're doing it to conquer something. I feel like it's very different. It's a personal journey for me to stand at the tops of these peaks, and I have to constantly remember why am i doing this why am i here why do i want to be there because when i'm up on those mountains it's not going to be easy and those are the times when i need to really trust and rely on myself the most so it's really building that that mental picture and that foundation within myself first of why do i want to pursue it the second thing really comes down to consistency and discipline when you see someone up on a peak it's just like when you see a phenomenal athlete on a podium there's so much stuff behind the scenes so it's really daily commitments to look at Building physical training on a lot of different levels constantly every single week, adding more weight to my pack, building more endurance, doing more elevation gain every week, being able to carry more weight on my pack every single week, working on breathing and being able to do things like hold my breath longer by doing different breathing techniques, Um, exposing myself to cold training, whether that's doing ice baths or cold dips or cold showers to expose myself to things that are really, really uncomfortable and, and doing that every single single day. And it's it's a weird process, because it's very easy for us to live that 72 degree comfortable life, right? We just we make the easy choices every day, we do the same things, we stay in the same rhythm. So the preparation, the overall theme of it is getting wickedly uncomfortable. And the more I do that, and the more discipline I apply to it, whether that is consistently waking up really early when I don't want to, meditating when I don't want to, doing Wim Hof breathing when I don't want to, going to the gym when I don't want to, the discipline that's coming as a result of that is as big of a reward of, of any summit because I'm conquering all of those excuses and mental blocks and procrastinations that could get in my way. So I feel like somebody in a mountain is more of a aftermath, like a beautiful benefit that's on the side to everything that the personal journey is to actually get there to begin with.
0: Well I think that's really true. I I it is it, it the 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 life is in the journey and not as much, I mean, the, the cap of it, of course, summiting that mountain, but it's very relatable to, I mean, when I look at doing things, all the baggage that I have, all the stuff that I have to go through, because when you're up on a mountain, and you're way up there, you are not only dealing with the physicality of can I physically get up this mountain, but you're, you're alone with your thoughts, you have all these things that you have to break through and alone with yourself that you have to get through. And that's what I love. I mean, and that's what this book I when I was reading, I saw so much similarity to that, because we can't get to those points in our lives and get to those dreams and get through the things that we need to do, unless we are unpacking that baggage, unless we are preparing ourselves, whether it's an ice bath, or just the discipline of, of putting ourselves first and putting our dreams and goals first and working towards those um we have to you know it's whether it's summoning amount or whatever it is we have to get through that so how do how do we start like well let's back up for a second tell me a little bit about the 90 day life tell me what that is about how do we live more in three months than we have in three years sure
1: the, the brief backstory is I found myself in a point of life, and this is what started this whole journey and coming up with this with this process, is I found myself at a point in life where I just felt completely stuck and completely off track. I was really good at what I did. I was really good at my career. I had a really good life on paper. You could describe my life to people and they'd be like, wow, you seem to be doing really well. But inside, I just felt completely torn apart. I was, I was just depressed and miserable and, and gaining weight and just felt completely off track I was not happy in the pursuit of what I was doing. And I couldn't imagine doing it for another 30 years, which was crazy, because I'd spent probably 10 years of my life in education and training and all these things to become who I was at that time. And then I found myself in this window where I was in a really, really rough spot, and I needed to have a really, really big wake up call. And it was either do I drag this out? Do I keep trying to live the same life and force happiness? Do I keep just trying little things and trying some little goals or trying any conventional goal-setting strategy or doing little quick you know, fixes or pats on the back or self-help hacks just to feel better for a moment. Brie, I just found I always felt empty and unfulfilled, no matter what strategy it was. So I realized I needed to approach things with a lot more urgency to create the transformation that I wanted. And that led to me needing to make a couple of big decisions. One, I had to leave the private practice I'd built for almost a decade. Two, I needed to leave the city where I built that private practice in for almost a decade. I needed to force myself out of the situation that I had made the conscious decision to build. And in order to do that, I realized that if I could compress the time frame to do that, I knew if I took six months or 12 months, it wouldn't happen. It'd be so easy to talk myself out of it. And then in doing my own research, I realized 90 days is so great for our minds. It's great psychologically. It's it's been shown in multiple ways that being able to set a goal in 90 days time, it, it works great for novelty, it works great for having enough time to build habits. So that was the simple part figuring out 90 days as a timeframe. But the hard part for me was figuring out how can I create consistent action over those 90 days to create momentum towards that end goal, which was building a life in the mountains, leaving the city and my private practice behind. So the 90 day life process is really about for each individual to figure out what is that deeper thing within you that's screaming to break free. And my money bets on most people have something like that that's lying dormant within them. But we have been trapped by years of conditioning, conventional thinking, other people's opinions, what society tells us to do and how to live our lives. So you need to accelerate it by setting a timeframe. And then in the method I map out, I talk about how to determine like, what is that main thing that you need to set your heart on? What are the needle movers that you need to do every single day, every single week, every single month? And how can you do it in a way where you can execute it with discipline, but not just in the strategy, not just in how to actually do something, but who do you need to be to do it? That's 80% of the work. The 90 day life, if you strip away the who, the identity part, you're going to look at a goal setting method. I see this as a personal transformation method because when we are making the same goals every year and getting nowhere, setting the same resolutions every year and getting nowhere, it's because there are layers of beliefs and thoughts and excuses that we've just gotten too accustomed to that we fall off track. So a lot of the journey comes down to how do you unlock that baggage? How do you figure out who your identity is? How do you build that person and build that person up layer by layer and layer? And most important, How do you anticipate obstacles that could get in your way, like self-sabotage, like guilt, like procrastination, like shame, like excuses that could take you right back to the start of it and and make you fall completely off track, which is what happens to a lot of people. So in essence, the nine-day-to-day life is an opportunity for you to accelerate the goals that you've been holding out on. And you know if you pursue, you're going to take your life to a different level. But most importantly, it's conquering those deeper mental and emotional blocks that hold people back.
0: Absolutely, and I think putting it in that perspective when you do have ninety days, and this is how you're going to do it, um, it gives you it gives you that time frame where, well, they, whenever we talk about smart goals, you or you need something, you need to set some something down. You have to say, this is what I'm going to do, and have things measurable. So you need to make sure that you're doing things in a a specific amount of time, and that it's measurable. And so you can see the results and you can see yourself working towards that. But I think so like, even like this much into 2022. Now, the goals that we set are are resolutions, as they say, and I didn't make any this year, because I know what I want to do. And I'm not going to say I'm going to this is what I but those goals, they're gone. Like we're, we've already screwed it, right? We've already said, oh, these were my goals and now we haven't done them, right? Mm -hmm. So we're probably beating ourselves up a little bit thinking why, you know, we set all these high resolutions for ourselves and we wanted to do all these things and we're already screwing that up, but there's a way to get through it. So how do we start? So how do we say, okay, now I know what my goal is. I, I know what that inner thing is, or maybe I don't even know what that inner thing is yet or not, or we're not. Or we're afraid to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So, how do we start? How do we get? How do we get started? On yeah,
1: it? I think it's really interesting. I think this is such a great question because I think it's actually really easy to know what we want, but it's hard to know how do we actually do it. So, I am a huge fan of asking ourselves the right questions because a lot of times we just get caught up in the wrong negative thinking or we're asking the wrong questions, like how would I do this when I've made this decision? Well, how could I possibly make this change because of this? I would first start by asking yourself, what are the types of questions am I asking? Am I asking questions that are going to actually trigger change and genuine self-reflection or those questions that will trigger the same thoughts, the same excuses, the same beliefs? So as an example, when I was looking to leave my private practice, I could have asked myself questions like, why would I do that? Why would I give up a a career I've I've spent so much time building? Why would I just throw it all away? I'm really good at it. Why would I even think about doing something different? When you ask questions like this, you're done. Like It is game over and your goals aren't going to go anywhere, even though you know the change that you want. I always tell people setting the goal is easy, but becoming who you need to be to make that goal happen, that's where it's really hard. So when I was talking, when I, part of what I talk about in The 90 Day Life, and I want to address this, is there's five different obstacles that we face to really conquer who we are. And the first is what I call the opinion avalanche. And what that basically means is we are faced with an overwhelming flood of opinions, both within ourselves and for people in the outside world that tell us who we should be, what we should do, how we should do it, and when. So the first place I would look at, in addition to asking specific questions that will help you think about things differently, is to look at what are the opinions that are holding me back? What are the things that I'm listening to that constantly steer me off course? For a lot of people, it's going to be internal negative beliefs that they repeat over and over and over. The second thing is going to be listening to what other people are telling them. And we have to figure out what is all of the noise that's getting in the way of our gut. And for most people, there's a lot of static that they're surrounded by that they can't hear. And once you can start to do that, and you can create some silent, clear space, then you can start to ask yourself the right questions. What do I really want? And why do I really want it? And why is it important to me? And most important, what happens if I don't, right? What happens if I don't pursue this? What does that look like in five years? in 10 years, in 15 years. And that's something as people are listening, as, as you're thinking about for yourself, what's that epic version of you that's screaming to break free? What's that epic goal within you that you've been putting off? Get really honest and ask yourself, what does another year look like making the same goal and not getting anywhere? And I say this from no self-help pedestal. I say this from a place where I am at the time of this interview, I'm 41. And I look at mountaineers who started in their teens and 20s. And I would give anything to have been able to start that early in life. But I'm here 20 years later, and that's okay. But I'd rather not wait till I'm 61 (laughs) or 81. That's a different story. So to to your question, you got to ask yourself the right questions, you got to figure out what are the opinions within yourself and in the outside world are getting in your way. And then get really honest on what that looks like if you don't change.
0: I think I, I that's 100% right. And I and I, when I hear I, I always say that helpful advice, you know, when you're starting something, and you in are you're, you're excited about it. And you're like, I'm going to make a change. And then everyone has advice, everyone p- pipes in, right? So you're dealing with all that inward stuff, where you're, just to get to the point where I wanna make the change. That's just getting there is a big deal. Like that's something that you're fighting all these inner demons, these inner thoughts that are, like you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're, you know, this isn't, who, who are you kidding? Like, are you serious? You think you're honestly going to do this? Like that's what your, that's what your brain is sitting there telling you over and over again. And then when you get through that, when you can get to that point where you say, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. You need to shut up, stuff a cookie in her mouth, tell her to go <laughs> away. And you're, you're going to get moving and do what you want to do. right? Right. But then all of a sudden, all these people all this stuff around you is like what you know either they're like oh this is stupid like what are you doing that for or oh yeah but you should do it like this or you should do that i had a guest on before and i've talked to a lot of my listeners and and they all feel this like everyone has this like helpful advice that they want to give you and they're like we don't we i don't want it i don't want that advice like i i appreciate you and i i I think it's great that you care and you're trying to offer great things, but I know what I'm doing. And you have to like, just I like I do with many people, I just go, uh-huh. And you just kind of smile and, and nod and just thank you for your opinion. How do you de- how do you deal with all that like helpful, like it like doesn't serve us. So how do we, yeah. how do we deal? Like once we've gotten there, how do we deal with all those people that are like throwing their two cents worth? Yeah,
1: there? this this took a few years for me to figure out now that I've built some... Protection around me. I don't want to say armor because armor makes me feel like I'm guarded from people, and that's not it at all. But I used to be such a sponge. I, 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 I I'm by nature this amiable person. I want to make people feel good and feel happy. But when I'm, when I'm coaching, I'm very real and very forward and very honest. I'm not the best friend. I'm, I'm the mirror that tells you what you need to see, and that's come from a lot of years of figuring out that being the sponge and taking in everyone else's opinion. I've really learned that everyone else's opinion, people really don't have a lot planned for you. They're really projecting their own agenda or their own beliefs or their own insecurities onto you. I've seen that at a personal level. I've seen that at a societal level. And so the people that are close to us, everyone means well. And when most people are telling us things that could make us step back, play with the side of caution, they're doing it because they do want to protect us. They they love us. They are looking out for us. They do want the best for us, but do they really know what's lying deep within us? No, they they don't. So it's a delicate balance. You don't want to necessarily repel people and push them away, and you don't want to be the sponge that absorbs everything. So the first thing you really want to recognize is one: everyone's just putting their own projections and ideas onto you. For the most part, it's really well intentioned, but if it doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve you, and it can really be that simple. But you have to know the ground that you stand on. You have to know what it is that you want to change and why you need to change and how desperately you need to change something in your life so that you don't fall prey to someone else's ideas or opinions. Now, this is easy to say in context of a podcast. This can be much, much harder to say if you're talking about a spouse, a partner, children, people that rely on you. So I need to say this the most selfish thing that we are taught is to pursue something because of our own ambition and our own drive. But I actually believe that the most selfish thing that we can do in life is to not pursue the things that make our hearts sing. Because if we don't, the people in our life will absolutely suffer. They will suffer because we're not 100% in alignment with ourselves. They're getting a half-baked version of who we are. We are compromising within ourselves and we're not leading a great example to others. So as all of these opinions are coming at us, when it comes to a really, really inner circle, we need to remember that who do, how do they benefit because of our courage to make a change? What's the better version they're going to get as a result, no matter how hard, no matter how many times you want to give up, no matter how many times you want to go back to your warm blanket and stay where it's comfortable. And then the second, for the people that are coming at you with their own ideas or opinions, repel the people who tell you to do something and invite the people in who ask. People who ask questions and want to learn more about your goals or ambitions, they're interested, they're curious. Odds are they want to support you. But the people who are just telling you, they're just projecting. So if you maintain those two standards of internally how the people in your world will benefit and at the same time only bringing the curious people in because curious people are flexible and open-minded, you're going to find yourself in a good spot to have a good tribe out of the gate, but also build a better tribe as you go who's going to support you every single step, especially when you want to give up. Those are the people you're going to need in your back pocket for sure.
0: Absolutely, they're your cheerleaders. They're, they're they're with you on the way and the journey. Whatever they can do to support you, and they're not going to interject their own stuff on like onto you as they a lot of people yeah, do. So absolutely. I love that. And i I wanted to touch on one more thing because you had mentioned this before is that you know you'd wish you started when you were twenty one, and now that you're forty one, it's like you know you're you're excited to still try the journey. I love telling people and working with people that say I'm never too old to try this, and I think. a lot lot of my listeners have like already had that career or they're they're in a relationship and they've got kids and they're getting grown and and so they're at that point in life where they start thinking about what if I had done this or you know they have those things that they those dreams inside that they've never actualized and they are starting to think what if I why why haven't I done this and is it too late for me to do this? And I don't think it's ever too late. No, you'd probably don't want to start at 61. But you can. I mean, there, there's no reason that you can't. So whatever that goal is, maybe you're not going to climb. I'm, I don't think I'm going to climb a mountain. But I, I, I my my own mountain is what my goals are and what my dreams are. So you have a literal mountain that you're climbing. Yeah, <laughs> seven of them. Yeah. But I'm going to do you know, I think my mountain, and I don't think there's any age, and I love to just go and try, Um, but that's me personally, but I think a lot of people get really, really scared, and they're holding all, like they said, holding all this baggage, How, how, how do they, like, hear their voice, and that says, you got to try this, you got to do this, this, you should be doing this. And then how do they pack, unpack that baggage so that they can move forward? You actually had a really good thing that you talked about in your book saying, um, when you were going to go climb and you had a backpack, and you put everything in your backpack and you could barely close the zipper. Yeah. And then you realize, I can't, I can't do this, carrying this overweight, this huge backpack, I need to, clean it out. So how do we carry how do we get rid of some of that baggage so that we're only carrying the essentials that we need with yeah, us? Yeah,
1: that's a it's a it's a loaded question, right? And it's it's a lot of I when I'm working with clients it's a process that that takes weeks to figure this out. But the first thing I would really figure out is really take a moment and get curious on where does this come from? So as an example, people when they deal with uh, attachment to past decisions, guilt, shame, regret, negative beliefs that come over and over take a moment and actually see how far back can you go to trace the cause of that. And you'll see where I'm going with this. If someone, let's say, regrets uh, something from a negative belief that they're playing over and over again, start getting curious on when do they think this? How far back does this go? When was the first time I thought this? Who was the first person that told me to think like this? right? And keep doing that. Like reverse engineer all of these self-imposed definitions. And to be honest, Brie, for people, there's a lot of them. A lot of us have layers and layers of things. I talk about this in the book. I talk about the cage. I talk about the layers of other people's opinions, their own fears, their own doubts, their own things that have been pushed onto you and taught to you. A lot of times unknowingly by them, by people like our parents, our teachers, by society, we're just bombarded with all these things until we're just behind all of these bars. We don't know who we are. So we think all of these self-imposed definitions, these beliefs, these I shoulds, I shouldn'ts are our own. And the truth is they're actually not. Our, our, our core true self is actually someone who really lives in alignment with our ambitions, but most importantly, our, our desires. And the people in your life win when you do that. But it's hard to recognize that at first. So the unpacking process really has to first start by figuring out what is that root cause. Keep going back and peeling back the layers and seeing where does that come from. For me, as an example, I had to really let go of that conventional high achiever, the person who always crushed it in school and got the degrees and and built the career and and, and made a statement, you know, all this stuff. And then I realized as I kept peeling back the curtain that that high achiever was someone who was taught to be that, to get more love from her parents, to get more attention. Well, that's when I got praised. That's when I got rewarded. And then I thought, well, who am I if I'm not that high achiever? And then there was this void cuz I wasn't sure who that was and that was kind of scary, right? This process isn't easy. It's why you should really have a guide. You need a coach to help you through this. But in that void I figured out, "Oh, this is very exciting." <laughs> cuz I can be the person that pursues adventure and fun and joy and and the success is just if it happens fine, but it's going to happen because of how I'm lining up. So, As you're looking at the baggage, you just got to unpack it one bit at a time. For most people, we're talking decades of conditioning, if not years, to be gentle. Start peeling back and recognizing where this came from a layer at a time. And then when you recognize that it's actually not yours, well, then it's no longer yours to carry. And then you let go of some more of that emotional weight, and then you can start to get more clarity on who you are. Then feel what it feels like just to show up like that in your day-to-day life. And then think about what it feels like to actually pursue your goal as that version. Watch and see what happens because the people around you are going to look at you and think, wow, something's different. You've changed. You seem lighter. You seem happier. They don't need to know the internal process you're going through, but they will see the effects. And when they see the effects, one of the biggest obstacles that gets in our way are the people in our life that we feel that depend on us. When you see the positive effects they're seeing in you, that's going to help create more momentum to keep making more change. It's a deep catalyst. So go back, peel back the layers. And then you can see how you can actually lighten up. and
0: I think that's absolutely true. Because when you get that momentum around you, when you get people excited, and they're seeing you and you're like, yes, you know, and those are the that's your close circle. That's the people like you said, the curious ones, the ones that support you, the ones that can see you, and you're inspiring them at the same time as they're, you know, keeping you inspired to continue doing what you're doing. And I think, some of the things is I see a lot of people, a lot of my listeners, we we feel like there's a specific path and this is the path that we were told to take, we felt we had to take and we're just continually, like, we're so afraid to change any of that, to get, to to make like, we do feel selfish. We're like, how can we just do this? But we're just, but like you said, you, you you compared it to, which I thought was a great analogy, a hamster on a wheel. Like, we're just, this is, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And we're just, and we just continually do it in whether, you know, we're feeling like we have responsibilities. This is what, this is our job we have a family to support we have to, you know we have to pay the rent we have to pay you know keep the lights on and put food on the table so there's a lot of things that like that we feel might be in jeopardy if we start making big changes yeah. but how so but how do we get off that wheel because that's just the, you know, you get, like, you, you feel like I get up in the morning, I eat breakfast, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I go to bed. Like, that's, like, that's my whole life. Yep. Like, what else, where am I going to find the time to do this? How do I get off this damn wheel? Yep. What am I
1: doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting. I, I really see it and, and understand how we are conditioned from a really, really early age to be on a path, right? I mean, think about it as a student, right? You you sit at the desk, you raise your hand, then that advances to the next level of school, then that advances to the job, right? Right? It's it's sit and do what you're told and raise your hand, right? We're, We're taught this really interesting path very early on that I think forces us into this groove and to go off of it means we are going off the grain. You're being reckless. You're being irresponsible. You're not blending in. You're not doing what everything else is doing. So we're taught to be very scared of that. And the danger is that we're taught to be really scared of ourselves in that process. That's really powerful. It's a really powerful force. But the simplest thing that I would say is you gotta flip the frame. The frame that you brought to that question was, well, I have all of these responsibilities, right? And what what happens if I pursue this? I I feel selfish. All all of these things could happen. That's part of that conditioning, right? That's part of how we're taught to stay in our lane, don't throw things off. I talk about this golden trap where we're kind of strung along saying, just wait, your time will come. Just wait, your time will come. Just wait, your time will come. And then a lot of times for people, it doesn't. So change the frame. Be like, okay, rather than thinking about one, you don't have to give up and dismantle your life to pursue a dream. In fact, you can actually, by pursuing a deeper dream, make the things you love in your life that much richer. I've dismantled some things in my life and other things in my life, my, my relationship with my husband has escalated because I've been more in alignment. So change the frame from, oh, I have all these responsibilities, I have to stick to these routines and these people. The frame, is, the frame flip, what I mean is, how much better could things be if I pursue this? How much better, how much more could things change? What good could come into my life as a result? What would that feel like if I actually tapped more into authenticity, into feeling more free, into making a bold change? This is a great frame for parents, by the way, because parents a lot of times feel this, this guilt of, I, I, can't, I can't rattle the stability I've built for my family. Ask yourself, how could I have the stability while bringing in the change? right? What kind of an example can I set if I actually live in alignment with what I really want? If I actually show up with with bold courage, if I actually show up and realize I'm not going to play it safe anymore, I'm not going to be compliant to my own negative beliefs anymore. You have to constantly flip the frame because at least 80 to 90% of the time, your brain is going to want to make you stay here, stay here, stay here. Because resolutions don't work because we're taught to make excuses. We're taught to procrastinate. We're taught to stall. We're taught to live in fear and we're surrounded by it. So you have to flip that frame and use that as your ground to ask yourself, how can this make life even better? How can this bring even more stability? How could this set an even bigger example? How could this bring more strength, more courage, more joy into my life and the lives of those around me? What could happen as a result? Because the worst case scenario isn't what's going to happen if you pursue a change. The worst case scenario is doing exactly what you know and doing that for the next 20 to 30 years when you know consciously that you're miserable. So consciously choose a different frame. And it is something you're going to have to consciously choose multiple times a day because that old fear-based brain is going to want to keep you safe and on track. So change a frame then change it again and then change it again until that becomes more of a reflex to look at the world differently and your life differently most important
0: absolutely yeah for sure and just be like say to yourself not what's going to happen if i do it but what's going to happen if i don't like what's going to happen to me if i don't do it and that's and that's what you got to propel for you talked to, you just mentioned being ultra light Explain what that is. Explain what you mean by that. Yeah.
1: So, on a mountain, when you're doing any kind of track, it could be a, a day track, it could be a multi day hiking circuit, it could be a mountaineering expedition. Weight is everything and you need to pack the least amount of stuff on your backpack as possible. Because if you carry excess weight, if you carry too much, if you carry too much gear, too much food, uh, too much stuff that's in excess, and you have a bag that is overstuffed, it is going to weigh you down. It's going to make everything harder. It's going to make everything more taxing and gassed. You bring that into a parallel in real life today when you see people with mental health struggles, Burnout, stress, physical struggles, early death, all of these things that we're seeing as a compound effect of the stress that we are taught to carry. We are carrying so much baggage from guilt and Attachment to decisions and feeling overwhelmed and stressed and trying to meet expectations and then berating ourselves, trying to be perfect and being critical, right? Imagine if every one of those things I just listed was a big, heavy boulder that you had to throw into a backpack and then try carrying up to a mountain to get to a summit to do something epic in your life. It's, it's virtually impossible. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to give up. Your brain's going to talk you out of it, and it's going to pull you back to square one. So when I'm working with my clients, the first thing we talk about is how to become ultralight. And we have to look at all of the baggage. Let's open up the suitcase, boys and girls, and let's figure out what is the stuff you've been holding on to. Because if you can let go of negative beliefs that play and repeat every day, just imagine this for a moment, right? Because 90% of the thoughts most people think every day are negative. If you could take some of those away, if you could feel a little bit more peace about your past if you could feel a little bit more peace about your decisions, if you could feel a little bit more comfortable with knowing who you are and why you need to make this change. Even just saying that, I feel like you can feel an energy shift. Now imagine going through your day-to-day life like that. Now imagine making a change. You cannot make a dramatic change in your life if you are carrying your emotional baggage from the past and from present day. It is why most people fail with goals. It's why most people fail with resolutions. And I say that with so much love because you have to look at becoming ultralight and stripping 20, 30, 50 pounds of emotional baggage off of your bag that's when it becomes a journey where you can move forward. That's where you'll stop the cycle of self-sabotage and procrastination. And not to mention, the journey is actually a lot more liberating as a result, because you're not carrying a past version of who you are. You're carrying the version that you want to be. And that's where your focus goes, not so much on the weight you've become so accustomed to carrying.
0: Absolutely. Um, You offer, there's a lot of things that you offer to people to help them out. Now, first off, the 90 Day Life book, that one, like, just grab that. Like, I would just tell everybody, just grab it and start reading, because that's what I've been doing. I've started to delve into it. I haven't finished it all. I feel like as I'm reading it, I'm starting to think of all the things that you just mentioned. And I can hear those self-doubts inside of me. Um, I think, you know, and I can look back, like, to... I think I was probably seven years old and my parents had taken me to this fabulous resort area. It was this, it's this whole community um, and we would spend all of our summers there and I, but it was a very wealthy community. It was, you know, these were families that were the so-and-sos of whatever, like, like they had like names, they weren't like the Smiths down the road, but they were, you know, the, 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 you know, whatever they were of, I had friends that were the Carlisles of Chapel Hills, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that was like their name, like, you know what I totally. mean? So that was a lot. Of, so, and I would go, so I, and I grew up and I wasn't them. And I mean, we had, a, I had a comfortable life. I never worried about money or food or whatever growing up with my family, but I wasn't of that. Like, so I went over to one of my friend's house when I was seven years old and I wanted to go see if they wanted to hang out. It was her and her friend. And I was walking up and this was back when like, this is where we, everyone has big porches and everyone's sitting out in the porch all the time. Um, and I was walking up and I could hear them talking. And they said, oh, I hope she doesn't come over and hang out today. I really don't. She's been driving me crazy. And I don't want her here. And I heard them say my name. And I went, it's just like that was like, like, I literally remember it. 40 years later, like I like I remember, I remember, I know what the porch looks like. I know what I was wearing. I remember that moment. And I remember hearing like, like that I wasn't good enough, or that I was, you know what I mean? And so and that stuck with me. So that's baggage that I've carried for a long time. I know a lot of people have those kinds of baggage but like i remember that and it was always that feeling like i wasn't good enough or i wasn't worthy um i wasn't a good friend or whatever it was and i kind of carried that so i know when i started to do podcasting and do certain things i always still have that in the back of my head that i keep having to like shove out and it doesn't it i don't shove it out and it just stays out i like it still likes to creep its way back in um and it's so it's very difficult. So when I'm when I'm reading this book, and I am was reading the things that you had written and, and the experiences that you have had, and how you've compared it to a lot of this mountaineering and climbing, but I can feel that and I, I could I start hearing these things in my head. And it starts to help me unpack those that baggage. And I think it's something that and so my what I was trying, I do have a point here. I I do ramble. People know this about me. My listeners are all me laughing too. now. They go, yep, there she goes. <laughs> I do blah, too, blah, 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 doing that thing, <laughs> but. You don't have to do this alone. So start with the book. That's a really great start. You've given everyone a really great starting place. The book is phenomenal, and it's really been helping me unpack things as I've been reading through it. So it, for me, it's, a, it's not a slow read, but I'm doing it slowly because I want to take it all in and work through the things and not just skim through the whole thing and just read it to read it. Um, I want to read it and work at the same time, which I think is what your intention is. But then you also offer some things um, in your expedition. So tell people, so if they get the 90-day book, that's phenomenal. And then they can also do more and work with you. So explain that a little yeah, bit Yeah, sure.
1: So my primary coaching program is, is really like a journey, just like going on a mountain and getting to a summit. The clients that I work with are the clients that have a deep hunger for personal transformation. They actually know that they need to change because their lives depend on it. Typically, these people feel a shift in their health, their relationships, their overall happiness, their their ability just to live out their day. So I say that first as a preface, too, is that the clients that I do my best work with are those that have such a deep hunger for change because they know that they need it and they're ready to go on a journey and they're ready to rip the scab on things that they've been hiding from deep inside because that's the journey we're going to go on. We're going to go deep to figure out what's holding you back so we can get you to your mountain. So my program expedition is designed after my deepest love of mountains. It's designed like a real life expedition that I take my clients on in a virtual way. We'll start at base camp and we're going to go through a series of camps all the way to the summit. And for each individual client, client, their summit is what they need to conquer within themselves. Yes, it's the goal that they want to achieve, but what do they need to conquer within themselves? Who do they need to be? Who is that person at the summit that's different from where they are right now? So I take them on a 60 day journey where we talk about becoming ultralight. We talk about their identity and figuring out who they are and who they really want to be. We talk about how to navigate past obstacles that could show up in their life, obstacles that could hold them back. We build out a clear game plan with not only the strategic steps that they need to get them from point A to point B with their goal, but also the identity shifts and the changes that they need so they can build internal trust within themselves and they can build emotional resilience within themselves so they don't fall back to the past patterns that they've known for years Years to not decades and there's three different ways that my clients can work with me there is a self-guided version of expedition where they can go through the 60 days where I train them virtually they can go through a team version where they are with a group of fellow brothers and sisters who are on the same journey as them. Or they can go through a private expedition where I'm literally their personal guide, guiding them through all 60 days. Now it's by application only because I need to make sure every single client I work with is a good fit for me, just like I want to make sure I'm a good fit for them. So if people want to learn more about that, they can fast track. Just go to 90daylifebook.com forward slash support. You'll see the different options laid out. There's going to be buttons where you click to apply and then come into my world and tell me about you and where you're at, what you're struggling with, what needs to change and shift and then we'll start to have a dialogue and figure out, is this a good fit? And which of the three expeditions is a good fit? And then we can go forward from there. Simple as that. So that is for my people who want to fast track and know that they want to have a guide because I wrote the book to get the message out to as many people as possible. But there are people who inherently know that as they're listening, they're like, I, I, something needs to change really dramatically because I just can't keep living this way. Then come into my world and let me see how I can help you and see if expedition is a good fit for you.
0: Absolutely. Yes. I love it. I love this. I think it's phenomenal. And I think that what you said is one thing that, you know, we, we want to change and we want to hit our goal. And sometimes we don't even know what some of the baggage is until we get into it. And that's what I think this also helps is because you're there to say, oh, but this, you know, find what that baggage is and get rid of it. Because sometimes we don't, we don't know. We don't know what's because we were like, why? Why can't I do what I want to do? Like I, I have this goal and I want to get to it. What's stopping me? Well, I'm stopping me. That's what the problem is. But how do I, how do I fix that? Like it's like having a car and having something broken in it and then trying to fix it, but you don't know what it is. Like you know when you call the the guy up on the phone, the mechanic. You're like, but it goes brrr, bink, 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 and I don't know what that is. Right? Like it's making some weird noise, and you're like imitating the sound, and you're just <laughs> like, and it does this. And you have no clue what that might be yeah. but you're like and you're hoping that by the sound effects that you make the, the mechanic's going to tell you what it is but no you actually have to go in and get seen or you actually yeah. have to like dig in and find out what it is so yeah. that's what this is great for it, you know what I mean there are so
1: many things that looking back in my <laughs> life I know I love it it's so true and the mechanic's going to know right you're going to explain it they're going to know the sound right away and and I, I touch on this in the book like I'm, I'm really real about it like if people if everyone's on their own journey and some people just want to try to figure it out themselves and other people absolutely know they need support. All I know is this, is that whether it's come to literal expeditions where I've been out and and adventuring in the mountains or on my own personal expeditions, when I've looked to create change within myself, every single time I've hired a guide, it has accelerated my results, it's held me accountable, it's helped me see what I really needed to see. And I needed to have that person at my side to tell me I can go further, or to tell me to stop being this version and to be someone different. And I know that if I would have hired a guide for every single stage where I felt stuck, I would have gotten a lot more of those 20 years back. And it's great. It's great wisdom that I can pass on. So my, my advice to anyone who wants to go through a very deep personal transformation, because they know they need it, is don't navigate it alone. Right, I, if, if I'm that guide for you, great. I would be honored to help you if we're both a fit. But do not try to navigate this alone, because for the same reasons you just mentioned, Bree, it is so easy for our logical brain to say, "Oh no, no, just keep thinking this way. Just, just keep being like this. Just keep playing it safe. You'll be fine." And then before you know it, another six months to year to five years have gone by. So. Please, if, if you know that you need transformation, do not navigate it alone and make sure you have someone who is unafraid to unabashedly tell you what you need to hear. You don't want a coach that's going to make you just feel good or give you a pat on the back. You actually need someone who's going to be really raw and honest to help you see what's been holding you back. Then you can find your light. That's who you really want on the journey with.
0: Absolutely. And I am always like with my friends in my circle. I'm like the bitch that you want to have around like I'm the one that will tell and I and I say that as a powerful and and good thing not as a bad thing I'm not the crabby I'm not saying I'm crabby whatever totally. I'm saying I'm the one that's not going to sugarcoat it for you I'm the one that's going to tell you how it is uh I I don't I don't I hate sugarcoating stuff you know I don't think it gets me anywhere the yes people that's great yes you can do it. yes 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 but like maybe you should like the ones that give you the honesty and the feedback that you need. And I think one thing that I know, at least for me, So last spring, I had COVID, and then I ended up in the hospital, and I had some heart issues with things. And the doctors told me, you're going to have to have open heart surgery, we're going to have to fix this. And this is what your prog. this is what we've got, you have heart failure, and blah, 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 all these things, right. So I came home after two weeks, I came home from the hospital, and I was totally devastated. And I sat there, and I couldn't think forward, I couldn't think positively I couldn't think forward of what my I wanted my life to be because I didn't feel like I could make plans like do I even have can I make plans like what 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 should I be doing and I think that's an extreme case of it but I think other people just feel like this is this is it for me like we and we accept it and we don't want to we don't want to accept it and we just think oh that, that that okay well this is it I guess right and it took me it took me a little while to be like No, I still want to, I want to do what I want to do and make choices and start doing something that I, you know, that's, that's risky or not the normal state of things. I want to do things. And that's a very hard place to get to when you have all this overwhelming stuff, whether it's something that's as drastic as mine, but or, you know, just the simple things that are holding you back in your life.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair. It's real, right? I mean, and I say all of this really, really delicately. You know, I've had my own personal struggles. I've seen a lot of people with their own personal struggles, and it can really feel like the brakes are put on. So there's a concept that I want to say that may put a really good, um, Fine point on our conversation, and Brie, I'll say this also because our conversation's so fluid and beautiful. I actually have another um, obligation in about three minutes, so I think oh, you guys have, we're gonna fly through. Yes, this. no, it's totally, it's totally fine. Um, the thing I'll say is this: is, is whatever is happening in in your life. You know, I say this, Brie, and everyone who's listening. I always say that every every dream, every change has this summit window. We have these little finite windows of time where a door will open and we have an opportunity to use it as a wake-up call and make a change and do something different, or we have an opportunity to keep the door closed, right? On Everest, you have about 48 hours to get to the summit before the monsoon season starts where the skies are clear and, and the winds aren't blowing at 100 knots, right? That is no different in life. We have a summit window. And I'm not saying it's just so much about the time in your life, but it's if you're listening to something like this or you have something happen in your life, the wake up call will never feel as raw and as real as it does right now. So, door number one is to play it safe and let that thing in your life keep you there. Or, door number two, use this little window of time because this is just a door opening. And all you need to do is step through it and recognize, I need to take advantage of the time in front of me. I have to create this urgency because no one's going to create it for me. So whatever it is you're going on in life, in your life, I completely honor that. And I honor it so much that I would implore each of you to act with urgency because it's not going to come to you and no one's going to give it to you. You have to create it within yourself and use this wake up call as fuel rather than as something that puts the brakes on your life.
0: That is absolutely perfect. It's a great way to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here today. My
1: pleasure, Brie. It's been, it's been such a joy. I think we could go for hours. <laughs> we could. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. so great. I love it. Thank you for having Everything's me Everything's going
0: to be in the show notes. Absolutely. Everything's going to be in the show notes. You can check it out. Uh, I have all the links to everything. Please go check out the book, the 90daylifebook.com. I, would, I implore you just to give it a read. It's so wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all for joining me today. I hope you've had as much fun as I did and learned a few things along the way. For more information, you can check the links in the description of this podcast. I'll be back next week with more joy, love, and laughter. Until then, I would be honored if you gave me a like and if you're so inclined to follow. Thanks again for listening. And remember, find some joy and laughter today. Ciao. You know that I loved you from the start Right from the start Right from the start